Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Can we give God some praise he's worthy of this morning? Bless him. Bless him. We get a chance to let him speak to us. This is his word. You believe this? Amen. So we're praying. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you that your word has all power. You said that your word and you've declared that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that it cuts going in and coming out. God, it, 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 it takes surgery on us. The places that are broken, God, you fix. The places that need to be broken, you break and repair. So we just thank you, God, that you are the God that speaks to us. You've declared that your word shall not return to you void, but that it shall accomplish what you've sent forth for it to do. So speak to us now, would you, by your spirit. You said it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So speak to us individually and collectively as your people. Help us to listen and then help us to apply your word to our lives. We love you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we praise him again? Hallelujah. I tell people when they come to church, you're at the right place for praise. If you come here for any other reason but to praise the Lord, there's several doors. But when you come here, the right place is for praise and for worship. Amen? And for his word that he might speak to us. So let's open up his word. I want to share uh, with us today uh, about a gentleman that, that's known as Simon. Sometimes they call him Simeon. We know him best as Simon Peter. Simon Peter and his brother Nathaniel were disciples of Jesus. And Simon Peter was kind of the outspoken one. But Simon Peter had some great moments. So let's look at some of those great moments right now. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 18. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered. Jesus got excited here, y'all. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, explanation point, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Simon declares here by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah. And Jesus lets him know that flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, the Holy Spirit gives this to Simon Peter. A great moment for Simon Peter. Can you say that? A great moment? A great moment for Simon Peter. And Jesus does this. He says, no longer shall your name be called Simon Barjona, but I'm giving you a new name. And Jesus says his new name is going to be Simon or, or, or going to be called Cephas, an Aramaic term of the Greek name, which means Peter or Petros, meaning little rock. Petros, the little rock, but that little rock means stability, stable. So he gives Peter 
I'll give Simon a new name. Man, that's great. You know what? We got new names too. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're no longer a sinner, but you're a saint. Somebody will shout hallelujah for that. We've got new names. So, so here Peter has a great moment, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him, and he declares that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And then, and then he takes his new name. But then here's another great moment. Here's another great moment. In Matthew 14, 22 through 32, immediately he came, I'm, I'm sorry, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself. This is Jesus. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Let me tell you who would not have been on that boat in the middle of the water. She, she raising her hand. Uh, um, she, she calls it sometimes, we'll go to the beach, y'all. And, and, and we're looking, we, we take our little binoculars and we watch the dolphins and, and all of that. And then we watch the guys that come fishing uh, um, on, on the sea, uh, 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 the, the shrimp boats. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of, the shrimp boats. And, man, they're out on the ocean, and she calls them dinghies. That's a whole lot of water to be out on that little boat. But these guys, these disciples had been out on the water trying to get to the other side just as Jesus had instructed them. But the winds and the waves were beating against them. They were still trying to make it. And verse 25 says, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. Between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes and scripture says he came walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you out on the water. Did y'all hear that? Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. I wish I could say end of story. But that's not the end. Most of you know, as, as scripture mentions, but when he saw Peter, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back into the boat, the wind ceased. I still declare you all, this is a great moment. None of us can say we walked on water. None of the other disciples, there was... 12 of them in the boat. Did Scripture say anything about, about uh, John said, Lord, if it's you. James said, Lord, if it's you. It didn't say that. Peter was the only one that found his faith and said, Lord, if it's you, call me to come. He got out of the boat, and now his testimony. When we get to heaven and we see Peter, he's going to say, 
You see what they, they wrote about me? I, I walked on water. You saw that, right? You saw it. Oh, if you didn't see it, let me show you right here. Peter is the only one that has that testimony. A great moment for Peter, but now not so great moment. Sister Barbara read it just a little earlier, Luke 22, verses 31 through 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, explanation point. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said, Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. What struck me in this passage is Jesus addresses Peter not as Cephas, he addressed it not as Petros, as he got the new name from Simon Barjona to, to the rock. You know what? The rock we talk about today wasn't the first rock, was it? But, but, but Peter had received a name change, but Jesus doesn't address him as Peter Petros, as Peter the stability, the one that's stability. He says, Simon, Simon. Satan has to desire to sift you as wheat, as wheat. This indicates that, that Jesus knew that when this test came knocking on Peter's door, that he was not going to answer the door by faith, but he was going to answer the door by flesh. He called him Simon, Simon by his old name. And, and, and Simon does just that. He answers the door in his flesh, and he fails the test, fails the test. Let me just ask you just a couple of questions. When tests and trials come knocking on your door, who answers the door, your flesh or your faith? When tests come running, when, when tests come knocking on your door, do you run in fear or do you stand? in faith. When the test and the trials come to you, do you, do you look at, at, at what you can offer, your resources and your power? Do you look at them or do you bow on your knee saying, Lord, I, 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 I can't do this without you. There's no way I can do this without you. I, sure, I have all of this money. I have all of these resources, but I can do nothing without you. How do you handle how do you handle the test? That, that's what Peter is going to ask us today. And he's going to give us some instruction on how we should, should handle these tests. But, but notice this. Jesus dot, does not address Peter this way because he tells him, he says, Satan, Brian, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But he tells him, I've prayed for you that you, your faith doesn't fail. He didn't pray that Satan wouldn't sift him. He didn't pray that Peter wouldn't go through the test. So I submit to you, could it be possible that tests might be beneficial for us? Could it be possible that the, the tests come to see if our faith is real? Could that be possible? 
that Jesus wants to know if you really trust him? Let me tell you, there's been some tests in my life that, gosh, when I look back on my life, it hurts me so bad to know some of the things that I've done against my God, the lifestyle that I lived. But to have come through the test, I can now tell you that cocaine does not have to take your life. I can now tell you that marijuana does not, you don't have to wake up to it every day. I can tell you that the street life is not satisfying. But through the test, God strengthens our faith. And God meets you. Let me tell you, God pursued me. He came running after this bald-headed boy who had hair at the moment. But through the test, could it be possible that tests come to strengthen our faith? Could tests be beneficial? Should we learn from our tests? You ought to say, yeah! Yes, we should learn from our tests. So Peter, Peter now, as he's broken, as he denies Jesus, as he denies him, he's broken, he's hurt. And if I had time, I'd tell you all of these things that Peter went through, but I just don't have but two hours. So... I just want to share with you a few things that that when when Peter was broken, Jesus comes and he restores Peter. He restores him and and he has a conversation with him. Oh, man, there's so much I want to tell you. But he has a conversation with him and and he asked him, do you love me? And, and, And that word love me, it has some different meanings, so I won't go deep into all of that. But he ends up restoring Peter to himself. I'm so glad he's a restorer. I'm so glad he doesn't throw us away. He's not the God that throws us away. He's the God that gives us chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And even when we fail him, he still picks us up. He still loves us. He still wraps us in his arms. That's unconditional love. So he restores Peter. And we see Peter on the day of Pentecost. And, the word, and he's preaching the word of God. And, and, and the word declares that over uh, about 3,000 souls were saved. Peter now wants to come back and he wants to talk to his brothers and sisters at Church of the Holy Spirit. Y'all listening? Y'all listening? Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure, you know. So what Peter wants to tell us is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Peter wants us to find our faith because he struggled with his He struggled with his, but he didn't lose it. That's what Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed, I'm praying that your faith fails not. God bless you. Peter says this, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Peter says, resist him, firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Peter tells us now from experience. He says, I've been where you are. Because guess what? All of us are going to go through tests and trials. He says, I've been where you are. And I want to sit with you and I want to tell you, you need to be sober-minded when the tests and the trials come. And sober-minded implies two things. It implies two things. The first thing that it implies for us to be mentally alert, and that's not actually the mentally alert, it's actually spiritually alert. 
In other words, having the mind of Christ. Scripture speaks about the mind of Christ in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. It says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ, the, the, the character of Christ was to be humble. The mindset of Christ was to not think less of himself, but it was to think of himself less. In other words, when we saw how Christ lived out his lives, he thought about others first. He cared about people when they hurt. He cared about people that were demon-possessed. He cared about people that were, that were in sin, and, and he met them right where they were. So, so when, he's, when, when Peter is saying from experience, I need you to be sober-minded, I need you to have a spiritual mind, he not only says that, but he also tells them that they need to have self-control. And not, not the self-control that comes from this stuff, but the self-control that comes from one of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. He gives one of, those, one of those characteristics, and Peter says you need to have some self-control control. The Holy Spirit, need, you need to be yielding to the Holy Spirit. Now, man, I could tell y'all about this yielding. Let me sit down and tell you about this. Come. It's one of my issues right here. We've got yield signs, right? Yield signs and, and, and I was taught in driver's ed that when you come to a yield sign, you yield to the traffic that's going in front of you and if it's traffic there, the next thing you do is you stop. People don't stop no more. <laughs> they don't. They run over that yield sign. I mean, I'm, all, I'm already in the road, and I'm just traveling around, and these people are coming to the yield sign now. They're coming into three lanes of traffic. The yield sign means if there's three lanes of traffic flowing, you are supposed to stop. They don't stop no more. Okay, all right, so that's, that's my issue with yielding. I said all of that to say this. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit. And it's not this, y'all. It's not do we have the Holy Spirit. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? That's the question. Peter says, I need you to be sober-minded. I need you to be spiritually-minded. He says, I need you to be self-controlled, yielding to the Holy Spirit's power. And not only does he say that, he says this. He says, I want you to be vigilant. He instructs us to be vigilant. And vigilant implies being watchful or awake, not careless. Not careless. In other words, not secure in your own strength. And who can better tell us that than Peter? Who can better say that than Peter? When, when Jesus came to him and he said, Peter, he said, Satan's desire to sift you is wheat. Peter's thinking, you can't be talking about me. I'm not going to deny you. James might deny you. John might deny you. Nathaniel might deny you. He said, those other guys might deny you, but I'm not. Don't you know all those great moments that I've been through? Don't you know I walked on the water? Don't you know I've done so? Don't you remember I called you Jesus the Christ, the Messiah? He didn't say all of those things, but you, can you imagine Peter, the outspoken one, saying, you know what, God, I am not going to deny you. Brian, Barbara, Steve, 
They might deny you, but I'm not. How many times have I denied him, y'all? Let me tell you how I have. Just the simplest of things. I've been at, at, at grocery stores. I've been at pumping gas in the car. And I heard the little small voice of the Holy Spirit say, tell them about me. Ask them, do they know Jesus? And I'm like, no. No, not, not going to do that. And I miss the move of the Holy Spirit. Now, did I deny Jesus in some form? Yes, I did. But there's, there's been other times that I've been in those moments and had those moments, and I spoke up. Hallelujah. I spoke up. A couple of times I've done it, didn't do what I was supposed to do, had to circle on the block, come back, and do it again. <laughs> so grateful he's a God of another chance. But do we deny Jesus? There's some forms, of, some forms in our life that we just simply do. And we're not strong in our own strength. But he tells us, be sober-minded. Let the Spirit of the Lord give you self-control. Don't be secure in your own self, in your own strength, is what Peter says. And then he tells us this last thing. He says, resist Satan by being steadfast or firm in your faith. And the Greek word for steadfast is stereos. And it means to be stable and sure, stable and sure about the God that you trust, about the God that you sing about, about the God that we say we love. Be stable and secure in the faith in the God that you say that you love because he loves you. What Satan has been doing for, to us for this last year and a half through this pandemic is turning Scripture around, and we're no longer walking by, by faith He says, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Satan is causing us to walk by sight and not by faith. I've been guilty. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of walking by sight and not by faith. God is asking us today through the scriptures, through through Peter's experience, to find your faith. Find your faith. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the test, find your faith in this God that you say you trust. Because he said, he said he'll never leave us. I believe that. I believe his word says he's going to be with us every day. I believe that he says he numbers our days. And if he numbers our days, nothing can take us out before it's time for us to go home. I believe that. He tells us, find your faith. Be spiritually minded. When the tests come knocking and they will come, Satan, Satan, that's what that scripture says. Your enemy, Satan, devours. He seeks whom he wants. He seeks to devour you. He's seeking devour. He's making plans and strategies. And sometimes those plans and strategies start real small and then they just develop and they develop, and they develop. We have to watch his moves. Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. We've got to know that even in his plans, God still stands for us. Now, scripture, that scripture that we read about Peter sinking on the water, said that he walked on the water, and then we saw the waves and the storm around him, Eric, It said that he began to sink, and he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord reached and took 
hold of his hand and brought him up out of the water. But what Scripture doesn't say is how they got back to the boat. Did, did they swim back to the boat? Did Jesus pick him up out of the water and put him in his arm and walk back to the boat? I'm going to hindersize this right quick. My little imagination in my little head. I just wonder, could this possibly be a physical analogy, a physical experience, a physical example, I'm sorry, of a spiritual reality? Take this. Walk with me. Jesus gets Peter up out of the water as he's sinking. He gets up. He gets on this storm. Now remember the, the water was, was stormy. The winds were blowing. And Jesus grabs him by his hand. And they walk back to the boat hand in hand. That declares to us. That even in the midst of any storm that you go through, if you will find the hand of Jesus, if you will put your hand, your life in Jesus' hand, he's going to get you through the storm. He's going to take you through the test. Whatever it is, find the hand of Jesus, and he'll walk with you. Peter says, brothers and sisters at Church of the Holy Spirit, please find your faith. Please find the hand of Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We do thank you, God, that you've placed faith in our hearts, faith in our spirits, faith in our souls, and this word continues to give us strength. It continues to grow our faith. Your word tells us that faith comes by hearing and by hearing your word. So we've heard your word today and help us now that our faith might grow. Even in the midst of tests, we know tests are beneficial for our faith to grow. But help us, God, not to fail the test, but to pass the test and to live for you. Bless my brothers and my sisters now. Meet them where they are now. Continue to speak to them. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. If God, if there's any here today that have not been saved, we're praying salvation over them today. In Jesus' name, amen.